Okay, we're we're recording. <laughs> All right, what? take two. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 I'm Steph. And I'm KB. And, and we, we are Activate Podcast. We are two Jesus-loving mamas who may cuss a little. This podcast is our passion. Get ready to tag along through the ups and downs of our crazy lives. We're going to bring you guests that will inspire and encourage you to grow in your health and in your faith. We will talk about parenting, relationships, fitness, and nutrition. We will bring you the latest fashion tips and share all of our favorite things. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you some laughs and relatable, inspiring content that will encourage you to activate your life. Hey, 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 friend. Oh, hey, how's it going? Going good. How are you? I'm good. Just hanging in. Well, you know, just being flammed like normal. Yes, you're super busy, but it's like 85 degrees outside or something. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's exciting. It's always exciting. And, you know, I mean, I know you love it too, but it's like, it literally like changes my entire being, I feel like. It does. Absolutely. The sun and the warm. Oh my gosh. And there's just like this nice breeze today and Ashy to the park yesterday after school. And he was so happy to play on the playground because there's all these rules, you know, (laughs) during the day. uh, It's just that time of year where it's just like, oh, Asher has been wanting to make a dam down at the, down by the bridge in the back. And so he's been working every day after school, he goes down there and piles up rocks and um, so if Noakesville floods one day, you'll know that it was Asher's rock dam that he <laughs> created in the back. Oh my God. That's so cute. Well, next time we come over, AJ can help him because that's, you know, all the boy things. Yes. Like, yes. he still, yes, he can't wait to come back over there. That place is like I a love, resort. Yeah, I love watching Ashley outside. Like, I'm so proud of him for doing it by himself. You know, AJ's kind of in that same boat, but at least he's got neighbor kids and things. But um, yeah. I'm just proud of him when he's out there finding something to do to occupy himself outside away from a screen and um, just taking advantage of the nice days. So that was good. Well, the screen is real life, man. You know that I was like a super duper Nazi with like screen and what he watches yep. and whatever. Yep. He got that switch for Christmas, but it's a switch light. So he can't really connect to people, but turns out you can. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. But now I've been him sometimes put Roblox on my phone and now it's it's done every single time we get in the car or every single time and I'm like dude no like he's like well you're always on your phone and I'm like no I actually am not I've been a lot better I was like in my me being on my phone makes us money that's how we live right like (laughs) you being on my phone is an addiction and uses my data Well, it uses my data, but I do, but it, I, uh, this is why I'm trying to be so much better and leave my phone upstairs because like, clearly yeah. I am addicted to my phone too. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, you just it's try ridiculous. to, we had, we had like a, a, a car hit a pole out here a couple of weeks ago. And so everyone, no one had internet for like, I don't, gosh, it was like at least like 12 hours and it was during the day and I was losing my mind. And I was so annoyed with myself for how many times I tried to like, look at my phone knowing full well, but it was, it's just such a habit to like pick it up and, you know, click on Instagram or click on Facebook or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, Oh, you are ridiculous. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's a real thing. It is, and so many people too. And but it did really affect a lot of people because kids couldn't do school, people who worked remotely couldn't work, and so people were just so angry. You know, it was like, oh my gosh, yeah. 
but it you is know, an eye opener really, for sure. Well, yeah, I love it. Like when people go on vacation and they're like, my dad, for instance, like we would uh, rent a cabin sometimes, you know, we always went camping, but mm-hmm. there were a couple of times where you'd rent a cabin. And of course, like when we were kids, we didn't have any of this. There was nothing. Yeah. Um, but so like, I hear of families doing that where it's just, they go on vacation and it's, it's a zero, I yep. think when they get there, right? I think yeah. when they're traveling, they're probably still doing electronics. Right. But you didn't tell we get there. Like, You're good. <laughs> once we Don't get there, there's no electronics because it right. is. And like, even when AJ and I were in Florida, like, you know, we're at the pool all day long. He's doing the slide and he's just going ham and so much fun. And we did all the things. And then he would come and sit down and he's like, can I just have a little bit of time for Roblox? And I'm like, ah, no, absolutely Yeah. Yeah. But. I know. Asher, I get that question a lot. Can I have a little bit of time? I'm like, yeah, buddy, go have some time, you know, but it's like, yeah, a little bit of time, not from when you get home from school until it's time for bed. (laughs) That's not a little bit of time. Yeah, it is also, I mean, it is convenient and um, things so much easier. That's the problem. It's just such an easy (laughs) go-to like when they're just the other night, he was driving me nuts and I swear it must be PMS because I don't usually get frustrated, but I was like, <laughs> can you please stop talking to me? I love you, but I'm trying to do something. Like I had like, you know, stuff. I was trying to fill out this paper for school for payment for next year and had to be done. And I was like, annoyed with it because it wasn't working and my internet wasn't working right. And like, he was talking to me and I was like, yes, that's cool. I'll watch you, but I need a minute. And then he just couldn't help himself. Like, mom, look, did you know that? And I'm like, I need a moment and at that point I was just like can you why don't you have a little bit of time go take a little bit of time on your game and then I'll talk to you in a few minutes and he's like are you in a are you in a bad mood I'm like yep I am I'm I'm feeling a little grumpy and I don't want to take it out on you so why don't you go have a little time and then there's AJ that's like his mission of is like oh how far can I push my mom today yeah, I remember when the big boys were little and Jonathan would walk through the door after work and I would just give him a look and he's like, oh, what did you guys do to your mom? I'm like, don't even talk to me. Everybody just leave me alone. I'm going into a room. Nobody come in there. <laughs> you know, when it was three of them, it was like, oh my gosh, they would get Dude. me in a bad mood. Like, Earth, you know, within Earth. an hour of being home from school, I'm like angry. <laughs> <laughs> like you've been oh, home for 32 32- I'm done with you. Right? Like, what is happening? You're driving me insane. <laughs> Poor kids. Oh, my oh. goodness. Yes. All right. Well, speaking of kids, well, kind of, but we have a yes. big guest today. Um, super excited. And she is, you know, doing the motherhood thing now, but she's got quite the resume and um, yes. super excited to hear all about that. And so I'm just going to quickly read her bio and then we'll jump in um, with Allie Levine. So um, about Allie, she's a celebrity stylist and motherhood fashion lifestyle expert. Allie Levine believes no matter where you roam from the laundry room to the red carpet, authenticity is your superpower and confidence is your best accessory. Raised in the high velocity fashion culture of New York City, a natural gift for style led Levine to opportunities working with international designers like Coach Tabbitt habits in the opening of New York's flagship Target, Target, Target. location, <laughs> Target. A transition to television and film 
um, took her to Hollywood, where she founded the Ally Levine Design Headquarters, quickly establishing herself as LA's it girl of celebrity styling with a star-studded portfolio that includes top names like Jesse McCartney, Ariane Celeste, Holly Robinson, Pete, Joey King, Gretchen Rossi, um, Lisa Vanderpump, and more. After the arrival of her first child, Amelia Ray, uh, she wholeheartedly embraced the role of mompreneur and mommy influencer. She is now a mama of two and shares her real, raw truth of motherhood. She's a sought-after motherhood stylist um, expert covered by Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, LA Times, with design ideas featured on national um, television and in print and online media outlets. Um, such as Real Simple, Pop Sugar, and Fab Fit Fun, which is so fun. She's also one of Yahoo's top influencers to watch and follow in 2020. I'm like, I'm going to be one of those one day. <laughs> the Ellie Libby <laughs> blog, which shares unfiltered moment-to-moment -moment evolution that is hashtag mom life, along with everyday style inspiration, earned a spot among the top 100 personal stylist blogs and has been named uh, one of the top 40 LA fashion blogs, which is a big deal. On the Everything with Allie Levine podcast, the New York hotshot turned Hollywood style maven delivers a real raw look at her own motherhood journey amid the treasures she's uncovered in the universal search for authenticity, spiritual wholeness, and happiness. So follow along at AllieLevine.com and Instagram at, at AllieLevineDesign. Discover true life inspiration, um, inspirational interviews with some of her um, fellow A-list moms and the five-star rating, Everything with Allie Levine podcast on iTunes. Awesome. Welcome, Allie. Hey, Allie. Oh my goodness. Thank you so, so much for joining us this e evening or this Monday morning uh, as it's a new release. Um <laughs> We are super, super excited to have you here. I just wanted to say thank you. First of all, I'm like totally girl crushing. I feel like we have a superstar on today, so I can't wait to hear all the feedback, but thank you for taking your time um, and sorry for the mix up last week. So thank you for coming um, on this evening to talk to us. Um, we are super excited and we've already recorded your bio. So we're just excited to jump in and Kristen's on and I'm sorry that we can't see you, but this technology hopefully will be the best for us today. Hi. Yeah, Hi. no worries. It's so great to be here and happy to, uh, you know, I love collaborating on different podcasts. And so I'm excited to get to chat with you ladies and no worries on before, uh, you know, real mom life and all, all things like I get it. I, five minutes ago, I had my, my nine month old Arlie sitting in the chair with me because she didn't want to be with my husband. And she was just chewing on her snacks, sitting with me. And I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. Is she's going to be quiet? And then my husband just walked in and took her and snuck her out. And I think she's being quiet. So, you know, you just never know. Yay. Um, and also they are both adorable. Oh my gosh. I love the like head wraps and all of the things. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> thank you so much. They're my favorite clients to style now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, first of all, what an unbelievable resume. Um, all the things it's I I'm kind of known around here like everyone's like you do all the things and then I met someone now that does way more of the things than I do I can't can't even imagine um but do you just want to kind of just 
start? Just how did you get into all of this, the designing and all of that and, you know, going to a show and podcast and now mom and. Oh my gosh. Let's see. There's so much to share. So let's see how I can um, condense this. So um, my journey started in the fashion world. I always knew I wanted to be in fashion. I, um, since I was a young girl, you know, since I was super little, um, I would play in my grandmother's closet and try on her fur coats and her pearls. And I just loved the feeling I would get when I would watch her get ready and would spin around in her clothes. I just like immediately felt happy. Mm-hmm. I realized that fashion did that for many people. And as I got older, I started, you know, taking classes and sewing and arts and drawing and just learning all the different parts of it and then you know decided okay I'm gonna study fashion in college um you know merchandising and design ended up running um the head of a fashion club which wasn't planned but just kind of happened um and you know (laughs) these different projects in my life that led me to the next journey and you know so from going from basically Um, you know, being, you know, born uh, outside of, you know, New York, Um, you know, I'm born in New York, outside of New York City, Um, you know, going into the city all the time for fashion and getting to have different experiences and fashion shows and all that was huge. And then, you know, going to school, I finished with FIT, but a long, long story short, I followed a guy when I was young and dumb um, out to uh, Arizona um, before my (laughs) amazing husband. And he was like my, you know, high school sweetheart or whatever and so um I followed him to Arizona but it wound up that it was actually I believe a blessing in disguise because I went to a school Northern Arizona University which is a pretty small school when it comes to fashion but they really have a niche for it as far as their programs and the businesses they work with and so I was kind of like this you know big fish in a small pond and I got to really like get out there and meet all these amazing, you know, fashion companies and connections and run the fashion club there, NAMA, which is Northern Arizona Merchandising Association and all these things. And I got to just be a part of all of it and learn. And so that's what then brought me into interning for Target, which was my first job, or as I call it, Target. (laughs) And Target, yeah. Yes, Tarjay. And, you know, got to work for them. And then after working for them in Arizona, they offered me an executive position to go back to New York and open one of their flagship stores. And so, you know, even before I was like 20, 21 years old, I was like, oh, here we go. My first real, you know, job, like back to New York. I opened this store, you know, I helped them open the store and I did all the training in New York City and all of that. And it was really incredible. such a especially young age to be handed such a high power uh, position. It was kind of surreal, but I jumped right in yeah. and I usually do. Um, and, you know, just kind of went for it and I loved it. And I, you know, ended up helping open several uh, stores and locations and helping them come up with all kinds of fashion innovations. And, you know, back for those that remember when Target was kind of really popping in the world of fashion. Um, I don't know if you mm-hmm. ladies remember, but there was the world of uh, the Go International line, the Go International designers. Do you remember that? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. 
Yeah. Okay. So I got to be a part of like helping give feedback for that and meeting a bunch of the designers on the floor and like just sharing my insight because I had studied fashion. It was amazing. And I really realized that was where I felt like I was loving it the most and where I was really lacking as far as like my passion in retail was I didn't love the grueling long hours, like, you know, on my feet and the yeah customer service and the logistics and you know I was an executive so I had to handle all pieces of the store it wasn't just soft lines a lot of times wasn't just clothing or accessories it was like everything and I realized especially at a young age you know I'm like partying still you know I'm like really in my prime like you know I was like I didn't want to be working 90 hours a week and then trying to have a social life like it was intense And so I decided, you know what, I want to look into more of like the corporate side of fashion. And I asked Tarjay if I could, you know, do that with them. And they were amazing. And they totally offered me an opportunity to do that. I I felt like I got off the plane and I was like, okay, we're not in Kansas anymore. You know, it was like, it was like, I got off the plane and I felt like, oh my gosh, it is so cold. It was negative, like 10 degree wind chill. And I thought, (laughs) oh my gosh, like, no, like they're like, cover your neck, you know, and you're like, wait, what? It was cold enough in New York. You know, it was just like, okay, no, this is not, <laughs> this is not for me. Um, as amazing as like, you know, the Target company was and Minnesota, even their corporate office was incredible, like how they had everything. It was just, it wasn't for me. So fast forward to <laughs> the company and I started applying for positions in New York City just to get my, you know, feet wet in the corporate world of fashion. And I realized that I had like no experience, even though I had a degree and I did all these amazing things with Target, I didn't have anything to directly apply to when it came to fashion in the corporate world. And I was told by Mm. several companies, like, you're going to have to start over. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I make, I made almost a hundred grand at like, you know, 21 years old working as an executive for this company, like going to district level. What do you mean to start over and like be a little assistant? Like it was really like an ego check and humbling. Yeah. yeah, Right. Super humbling. And it was just like, Hey, you know, look, if you want to do this, like that's what you got to do. And so I started working with this one company um, in New York city called fragments to private label jewelry company. And I got my feet wet there and became, you know, the product development assistant there and just helped them with shipping and design and production and working with the factories. And that's kind of where I got my start. And from there, I then started working for Coach and worked on their non-CC team um, with Reed, who was doing all the like really creative um, labeling for Coach that wasn't the you know traditional style. And I got to work cool. on those accessories and bags. It was really amazing. I worked with Lacoste and Talbots. And then the stock market crashed. And for those that remember mm. the stock market crashing when it like really crashed, like, I mean, it was like everybody was out of a job um, and myself yeah. included. And I just remember like this feeling of like, I was standing in the middle of New York city, like on, on, on 11th Avenue. And I remember like looking around and I felt like I was in like a haze because I finally felt like I had found my footing. I really like was loving what I was doing. I was starting to kind of come back in the world as far as like the economic, I was growing and climbing a ladder. I was doing all these things. And I felt like, oh my gosh, like I the limit. Like I'm really doing what I want to be doing. I've found my niche. I'm just going to grow. I'm going to do this, do this. And then it was like, boom, it was gone. And oh yeah. 
It was, yeah, it was intense. And I felt like, you know, in that moment, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so I, I moved home because I couldn't afford my apartment outside of the city anymore. You know, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a plan. Um, you know, I, I didn't have anything. So I went home with my parents, you know, luckily they took me in and, you know, I, um, started saving and just started like taking some different uh, classes and going to get my master's to develop my skill set and to try to figure out like, okay, what am I going to do when like things come back in the world or whatever may happen? Mm. And as that was all happening and there was so much openness in the fashion world, as far as like, nobody knew where it was going to go and what was going to shift and all of that. It was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And so I started looking into the entertainment industry and now people don't realize back then, like, totally aging and dating myself, but like stylist didn't really <laughs> exist, you know, like people didn't really know what a stylist was. If someone said there was a stylist, they'd be like, oh, a hairstylist. And you're like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was very confusing to a lot of people. And I was like, I want to do styling. I was like, wait, what is that? And it was like, nobody really understood it. Rachel Zoe had like slowly, I think just started mm. getting out there. Like she didn't even have the show yet. Um, so it was very much like that, like newer area. And so I was like, well, I don't even know how to get into this. So anyways, I started reaching out to different people I know and, you know, calling around just different people for advice and everything. And luckily I had different friends and family in the industry. And I said, Hey, I want to take a shot at the entertainment industry while there's like no jobs for me in the product development world. And they were like, all right, we can see what movies or TV shows are going on. There might be a few productions happening in New York. Like, let's see. So Wall Street Money Never Sleeps was the um, production that ended up having um, opportunities that they wanted help. And I went and met with the famous Oliver Stone and his team. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So intimidating, like beyond. (laughs) I can't imagine, right? Yeah, like beyond. I mean, he is insane and brilliant and amazing all all in one. And so I sat down with his team and him and I remember sitting with them and I was so nervous and I was like, I dressed myself, you know, super professional, but like super fashionable. Like, so they would see me and be like, okay, she's like totally got the, you know, fashion vibes and, you know, this and that. I was so excited and I sit down And I remember them saying to me, all right, so, you know, you look great. Let's talk about, you know, like what this job entails. And I was like, okay, I'm like, I love fashion. I, you know, I I don't know anything about customary thing, but I want to get into this. And they just looked at me and kind of like laughed and gave this smirk. And they're like, yeah, if you work with us, you're not going to be dressing like that because you have to run around all day. Probably not going to survive in those heels. Cause them like six inch, you know, stilettos. And my stock, you know, like, with my, like, cute stockings and skirt, and, you know, top and the whole nine yards and accessories to boot and everything. And they're like, yeah, you look great. But like, not probably be doing that for us. And I was like, oh, so what exactly does this entail? I thought it was like, you know, living the faster. And they're like, um, no, we just basically need someone to go get donuts and coffee. Maybe help us. Oh. <laughs> maybe help us cut some trips up, you know, a couple other runs. and like, that's really what we need. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh shit. You know, <laughs> it's like the devil wears Prada pretty much. And it was just like, oh, okay. And I'm sitting there and they're like telling me, you know, these grueling hours, how intense it's going to be, you know, how demanding it is, all these things. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, well, okay, what the hell else do I have to do? I'm going to sit home at my right. parents 
put all my thumbs yeah. down. Like there was nothing else to do. I wanted to make money. I'm not someone who does well sitting around. I love to be busy. I love to be right. productive. So it was like, what am I going to do? So I was like, all right, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but like, let's do it. <laughs> you know? And, um, I told, you know, I spoke with them about all the different things I wanted to learn. And they like, of course, had a few other interviews and they're like, you know, we'll make sure we want to make sure you're a fit and we'll get back in touch. So then luckily, you know, I did end up landing the opportunity and I really was their bitch. I mean, I, you know, I, I <laughs> ran around and I did whatever they needed. It was a 5 a.m. morning to bring, you know, coffee to the set. It was a nine o'clock run oh, to go take care of someone's cat in their apartment because they were out. Like it was wow. all kinds of crazy things. I remember one, this one, of my, this one of my favorite stories to tell because I remember one night, I got a phone call and it was like, I want to say it was like maybe nine or 10 o'clock. And I, I swear to God to this day, I still don't know what the heck I was doing, but I was told <laughs> to go get a bag from someone's apartment and take it to the <laughs> place and take it on the subway and snap. And so I, now thinking back, I'm like, I wonder what I was involved in, <laughs> but God yeah, knows. Yeah. <laughs> but I literally had to take some, you know, something to another person, like way up almost in Harlem, mind you, you know, all the way from like Manhattan. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and drop it off late at night and then go back, you know, and the whole thing. And I just remember like being like, wow, like you had no idea what you signed up for. Like 5 a.m. mornings, you know, getting coffee, yeah. sure every single order was right. If it wasn't, you were sent back to fix it, you know, to oh. being on the subway till 10 o'clock at night to all these things like, you know, carrying bags on bags, you know, to go do returns for them to all these different oh. places you know, and, you know, falling over and just, I mean, it was, it was wild, but honestly, it was so, I learned so much from that production assistant job because I did everything. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, everyone relied on me because I was the assistant for everything. And so, you know, it was like, anytime I would fuck up, it was just like, okay, well, figure it, figure it out. Cause otherwise like you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I remember I had to go, I had to go get coffee and when I went to get coffee for Oliver Stone and his team, one of the coffee orders was wrong. And it was like, hey, we said no whip, which is like no whipped cream, you know? And I'm yeah. like, um, okay, so sorry. I did say no whip. And they're like, all right, we'll fix it. I remember like running to the Starbucks, hysterical, being like, I said no whip. What happened? You know, they're like looking at me like, oh my God. And I'm like having a meltdown <laughs> in this Starbucks. And they're like, you know okay. what a coffee's for? right? <laughs> exactly. And they're like, okay. They're like, you know, it's okay. Calm down. Like, well, you know, we'll give you, don't worry. We're not going to charge you. And I'm like, okay, thank you so much. Because they didn't give me money to change the order because they're like, you know, no, it's your fuck up. You know, and I think that was your something. Fault. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh yeah, I know. And I think it was something I learned honestly from the industry very early on was like, you know, nobody cares about hurting your feelings. Nobody cares about yeah. you know, your shit. Like you need to get in there and do it, do a good job. And if, even if you don't do a good job, you need to own your mistakes and step back up and step back, you know, in otherwise you'll be replaced. And so that was what I learned yeah. really young and really early. And so I think that carried me through, you know, into my career and all the endeavors I've done, you know, fast forward to then after working as a production assistant, on Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, you know, they were amazing to me. And because I did such a great job, they moved me over to help with the costume department and assist with that. And that's when I really started to learn, you know, the costume world and work with the famous designer, Alan Morajnik and, you know, all these amazing people. And, you know, that's what led me to then working on different TV shows and movies in New York. And then I wound up in Atlanta 
so fun, so fun, so crazy. And, you know, I wound up in Atlanta working on Big Mama's house. Um, I think it was two or three with Martin Lawrence. And the team there was from Los Angeles. And they kind of guided me to like my next level. Like they were amazing. I have to say who they were. Leah Ketchnelson, Amanda Riley, Scott O'Leary, because they really helped Aww. develop my career. And I just think that like people don't realize, like when people give you those opportunities, like it's once in a lifetime. And, you know, right. I, I really like, I, I just have so much to thank for them really helping pave the way and guiding me and mentoring me in so many ways. And so, you know, they told me I should be in LA. And so they gave me the opportunity to go with them after Atlanta to start working in Los Angeles. And I looked at my, you know, who's now my husband, Justin was my boyfriend at the time. And I said, I'm going to LA. And he was like, uh, I thought you were going to maybe move to Atlanta, you know? And I was like, no, I'm going to leave Atlanta and go to LA because I have an opportunity. And I want to go, you know, do this and try this. And he was like, okay, I'll go with you. I mean, he's such a good man. And so uh, he followed me and, you know, he had never even been to California in his life and followed me out here. And, you know, we started a life together and I was really pursuing my dreams and costume. I didn't even really get into styling until I was fully out in LA. And then I started asking around, like, how do I get into this? Because I'm really interested and I realized like costume wasn't fulfilling my passion, even though I had oh, been set up yeah. like I had been set up so well. Like they helped me get in the costume union and they helped me, you know, get my hours. And I had all these amazing jobs. And like once again, I realized like, oh, I'm not as passionate in this space as I thought I was gonna be. And I went into styling. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, oh my gosh, once again, I don't have full experience. Like, even though I have this amazing resume mm. that I've done, it's not what exactly what stylist do. And a stylist wants you to have styling experience, not costume. And so I had to start all over again in LA. Again. Yeah. Again. Wow. Good for you. This is, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Another humbling moment, you know? Um, yes. And, and grit, right? It oh did, yeah, lots of grit, grit. lots yeah. of grind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, fast forward to then, you know, starting to assist an intern, different stylists, and really get my feet wet all over again in that side of things. That's when I really fell in love with like the ever changing, you know, trending, constantly mm. moving, evolving, you know, red carpet fashion press lifestyle of what the stylists were doing. And so over time, after assisting and also taking like the school of style business class and other styling classes, you know, in LA and just, you know, all different experiences that I had, I mean, working for Monica Rose when she used to do the Kardashians and helping on her sets and getting to oh, how fun. So crazy and so fun. You have no idea. <laughs> um, I mean, they're, they're, uh, I they're, can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, and back then, back then, they weren't even who they obviously are now. It was like season right. two. Yeah. <laughs> but they that's were really like, awesome. They were in like yeah. sweats, for, you know what I mean? Back in that day. So it was like yeah. finding like cute sweats because they weren't sponsored yet, you know? Um, which is so wild. Um, and, you know, getting to work with like Rena Lupadora for Kanye West tour and just like Super. Emma Stone you know, stylist and all these like Biakerland, like, I mean, the names go on. I worked for so many different people as an intern for free, as well as assisting just to get my foot in the door, just to, you know, get mm -hmm. the experience and say like, Hey, like, I want to be here. I deserve to be here. You know, like give me a seat yeah. at the table, you know? And so I did a lot of that for a quite, you know, 
know, probably a year and a half, two years, just really kind of getting the experience and showing up to be able to like see that I was doing a good job and I was able to learn. And so they also consider me for jobs and then started getting asked to help assist more and more. And before I knew it, all of a sudden I started getting asked if I would style like all these different people, celebrities who weren't like known in the space. And they were like, Hey, you know, would you dress so-and-so, but for free, like, you know, I wasn't getting paid. And I was like, okay, yeah, I want to like get my knee out there, you know? And so I started styling Like people don't realize, like I styled like easily, at least, at least, at least a hundred celebrities for free because I needed to build my name, build my book, build my portfolio and show what I was made of because everybody in Los Angeles was willing to do it. And so it was like, how bad do you want it? How much do you want it? You know? And so, um, you know, I think that as I continued to grow and evolve in what I was doing, and I was really passionate about making people feel good and what they were wearing. That was truly why I fell in love with fashion in the first place. You know, I always say confidence is your best accessory. And I truly believe yeah. that. And I loved helping others, especially people in the, you know, um, public space, you know, feel good about them. And I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that work, you know, and so I was grateful that I started getting known as this girl in styling and my clients were getting best dressed all over the world. And that's kind of how Alleluia Design was born in a nutshell, as far as how my styling career evolved. And, and I mean, and that's a very, very small part because I've been doing for like 12 plus years and it's hard to explain all that in a very short yeah. time. <laughs> How crazy. Okay. But also, yes. you know, a lot of, a lot of people would be listening and be like, oh my gosh, well, this is amazing. I could never do that. But this is so relatable to just empowering women in anything. Like you have to never give up. You have to do the hard things, right? Like you can do anything that you put your mind to if you show up for yourself. And that's the whole thing. Like you kept saying over and over again, like I knew I wanted this. I don't care what it took. I was going to, you know, and that's, how amazing like what an amazing story to keep like okay I had to start over again I had it you know like that's what it takes oh yeah I, I completely agree with you and and honestly I always tell when women reach out to me and people say things I'm like look the only thing stopping you is you like that is the only yeah. thing in your way like you may have other things that come up other things may you know play out but those are just all little you know tests and and like you know hurdles and things for you to go through like how bad do you want it? The first, you know, the higher you climb, the you know harder you fall. So it's like, how bad do you want it? You know, like, and my husband used to tell me all the time when I used to cry to him so many times about different things. And he'd say like, you know, the more you climb, the more you're going to fall. And like, how much do you want it? And you need to realize like, you kind of have a bullseye on you, the more you continue to reach success. Yeah. It's just the way it goes, you know, and yeah. you know, while to be able to come around to that and embrace that and be like, okay, I really am the only one getting my own way. Like everything else is just a distraction, like keep going forward, you know? And, and so fast forward to then, of course, becoming a mom and everything, you know, um, you mentioned I was on that show, you know, Bravo stripped um, with my husband. And that of course was a totally raw and not, you know, planned experience (laughs) um, in my life by any means. Um, It was like, 
you know, I had been styling for years at this point. I was doing a lot of reality as far as being asked to be a stylist on camera, styling my clients like a Vanderpump Rules and, you know, housewives and rich kids and all these, you know, networks. So I was very much on camera in that sense. And I was also doing a lot of TV work at that point, sharing fashion tips and how to get the best dress looks and how to recreate them from the red carpet. So I was doing a lot of TV work, but in the fashion space. And, you know, when they came to me to say, hey, would you want to be a part of this show and told me the concept of having everything taken away from me and, you know, basically nothing to do with fashion. And I was like, yeah, no way. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what do you mean? You know, and they were like, no, we think this would be great for you. Like, you know, being a celebrity stylist, a great, would be amazing to like see you like spin out because we take all your shit away. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. No, I'm like... <laughs> like point blank like just you want to watch you spin out of control and I was like yeah okay no thank you um and yeah and who wants their shit being taken away like what I mean like everything not just like a few things like if anyone hasn't seen the show or you can look it up and see the concept like everything every single thing was gone so yeah definitely not something you sign up for you would say right like someone's gonna come to you like hey you want to do this and you're like what (laughs) um (laughs) exactly so you know um, my husband was the one who felt like it would be a good experience for me and he was like you know look you're so inundated with your celebrity life and the red carpet and you know very much like a little bit of a fall reality you know and he was Mm -hmm. like I think it'd be good for you he's very very down to earth he's my very very grounding for me and he was like I think it would be good for you to do this and I was like what no you know and he's like yeah you would learn something like you know and so anyways fast forward you know I sit down with their team and and casting and then they meet my husband Justin and anyone that like knows him or have seen him on and off my you know social he just doesn't you know give to flying f's like he's just oh here I am and you either love me or hate me and I don't really care in between you know um yeah that's what I love about him he just owns himself completely and so it was like you know they love that because they were like great this is an awesome like mixture to have for the show so then that's how he ended up doing it with me to support me and you know for those that obviously watched they saw the whole concept of the show at least for us was the fact that like I was so heavily holding on to my career my career was my baby Mm. I didn't want to move into the stage of being a mother and letting go of all that and feeling like I was saying goodbye to my career and everything I had built and worked so hard for for so many years and my husband really wanted to start a family and I was just not in space and so of course Bravo you know had a field day with that and making us talk about that in the show 24 7 and so (laughs) (laughs) but I think because we talked about it so much like I believe you know when you call something out to the universe (laughs) over and over things yeah. do manifest and create themselves and so you know shortly I was pregnant with my first daughter which was like not really expected so quickly it was like hey let's practice and it was like oh practice is over <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got pregnant the first time first yeah you know <laughs> uh, which was a blessing of course like I know so many moms like you know they go through all kinds of struggles and you know my heart goes out to them with that but it like for me that just wasn't my experience at all and I was actually shocked and quite like oh my gosh am I gonna handle this am I ready for this like here we go you know strap your boots on it's game time you know I was like here it comes. yeah 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and <laughs> I have just a couple of questions for you regarding that. So one, I'm glad you said your husband was the one who like pushed you into doing it because here I'm thinking of this man who, who thought you would move to Atlanta and the next thing he's naked on Bravo. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. He's like, I thought we were in Atlanta. Just kidding. You're going to LA. Oh, you're going to do the costume. Oh, just kidding. You're to quit your costume job. Oh, now we're naked on a TV show. I know. <laughs> I mean, oh was, so funny. He, he yeah, I, and he you knew to a point what he signed up for when he married me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it, I had watched that show, you know, years ago, and then I watched it again the other day, knowing that you were coming on. Um, and the boots just cracked me up. I was thinking the Jibanchi boots should really be in the Bravo Clubhouse. <laughs> They'd have, they'd have to, you know, uh, peel them from my grip first. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I was sure you still had those boots. Yes. And I was wondering if the cricket is still on the mantle. Oh, my God. You're so cute. Yes, it is. <laughs> and that's my husband. Like, literally, Good. he fixes that. That's all constantly. he needs. Yes, he fixes it constantly. Like, that's like, it's like, he, Mr. OCD walks into the, the cricket room. is cricket. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, how oh funny. Um, so when I knew we were having you on here too, I wanted to talk a little bit about spring fashion. We tried to do like a spring summer fashion episode and a fall winter episode. And with all the controversy right now surrounding skinny jeans, uh, I was just curious what your thoughts are for us, you know, middle are still allowed to wear skinny jeans or is this, is this the thing middle of the past? Age? Oh my God. I, I love it. Love Speak for it. yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so can I just tell you, I love all the like memes and like funny TikToks of like moms making fun of like the, you know, Gen Z's being like, can't do, this, part, can't do this, can't do that, you know, and I'm like, okay, first yeah. off, like, I'm not to be rude, but like, I'm gonna be a little bit like shady, like, these are the people who also think it's funny to like do Tide Pod challenges, so. Tide <laughs> Pod, thank you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know if we should be taking their advice when it comes to uh, you know, the the fashion, Our fashion. You know. Um, but no, in all seriousness, okay, so here's my thing. Like I love trends, don't get me wrong. I talk about them all day long, I write up on them, I you know, give advice and expertise when it comes to you know different articles. But my biggest thing is I always say this to my clients, no matter who it is, when I dress them, a trend is meant to be a trend because it's it's it doesn't last long. It has a very short lifespan. So it's like you live it up, you enjoy it, and it's gone. It doesn't like have to stick. And a lot of times I think yeah. especially with society because things are pushed so heavily in our faces, we feel like we have to constantly be in what we're seeing. But not every trend works for that body type. Not every trend flat right. every single person, especially moms. Like my body has changed so much since I've had my two girls, like so much. And, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it's crazy because I'm still petite. Like I'm still small. Like I look at myself and I'm like, it doesn't seem like it, but it's like, I have hips now. I never had hips. Like I have more in the <laughs> stomach area, you know, like I have all these things that like, even being in like more shape, I still have those things. And so I think that like, especially for moms, it's like, you have to give yourself grace when it comes to fashion and what you're going to wear. And I always tell people, like I say, confidence is your best accessory. Like you need to rock mm -hmm. what feels good on you and like what yes. looks good on you 
kind of highlights your assets, no pun intended, you know, and <laughs> like make sure you look good and you feel good. Cause being moms, like it's hard. Like I have a lot of days where I look at myself and I'm like, Oh, you do not look cute today. You know? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I have a problem when it comes to like, Oh, you must be in this box and only wear this because look, this is how I look at fashion when it comes to moms, especially whatever it is, is their go-to that should be what's built up in your wardrobe. You know, it's your mom uniform. It's your, you know, woman uniform. It's whatever, whatever is your go-to that should be Mm -hmm. considered in your mind, your uniform, like, okay, in my closet, I walk in, I know (laughs) I look good in this outfit. I'm going to replicate this outfit, you know, five to 10 different times in different colors, different styles, different prints, whatever it may be. But I know it looks good on me. I know it fits well. I know it, you know, I know it looks sexy. I know I feel good in it. I know it's functional. Whatever those things are that are important to you, especially as moms. I know like for me, function also is like so important, which I laugh about because I didn't used to give a fuck about fashion function until I was a mom. Um, You know, yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, it has to have function or I'm like, SOL. But, you know, I think a lot of times people get stuck in like the trends of things. And it's like, look, here's how I see trends. Look at them and find the things that work for you that you love. So like right now, you know, spring, summer, 2021, we're seeing a ton of floral, like boho is coming back around once again. Mm -hmm. Now here's the deal. Boho was a trend a few years ago. In my opinion, now it's not a trend. Now become a staple. It's now something that's actually in our wardrobes and doesn't get thrown out and continuously around. It's no longer longer expired mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times that happens where something sticks and it does well and it just keeps getting recreated so why can't you do that with your own wardrobe why can't you keep recreating reshop your closet in something you've had but maybe you haven't used it and now it becomes part of your everyday uniform you know so that's what I challenge people to do when it comes to dressing themselves and when they're trying to figure out you know what should I wear and incorporate trends that are fun for you and that you enjoy so like if you love floral then rock a floral if you love like a good print, like a good, you know, ditzy polka dot or something a little bit more like watercolor, then rock that, you know, it's like, what is comfortable on you? Jumpsuits and overalls are super huge for spring and summer. <laughs> you know, if you look good, yeah. you know, rock that. But I think that like putting yourself in a box in any way, shape or form, personally, I think is terrible. But especially when it comes to fashion, it's like fashion supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be an expression. And not necessarily do you feel the same way every day? Like I know I don't. Some days, like being super cozy, especially obviously right now. Other days, I'm like, oh, no, I really want to put on this cute maxi dress. I'm feeling this. I'm going to add this jewelry. Like, you can have fun with it, especially playing in your closet and shopping your own closet. Like, there's a lot of creativity that goes into that. So I always tell people to think about that when they're thinking about their wardrobe and really do like a closet audit is what I consider it. When I go through someone's wardrobe, I go through and I literally audit with them. Like, what are you wearing? What's not serving you anymore? What needs to be released? You know, what has been sitting for so long that you keep like wishing to go back to, but you're never going to. You're literally just holding Mm -hmm. that energy over yourself. Like everything's energy, right? So it's like clothing is a huge part of that. People don't realize the release, even for myself. Like right now I'm purging all of my clothes, my closet. And I'm like having so much release. Like, oh my gosh, why did I hold on to that? I don't wear it anymore. (laughs) This is an outfit I've tried to get back into. I don't fit in anymore. I'm just making myself feel bad like you know all yep, these get it out of there 
yeah, get it out of there, you know, and audit it and say, okay, these are my go-tos. I love these. These are my staples. I'm going to wear these. Okay. These are like my more dressy. All right. This is part of my mom uniform because I love wearing this cute tee and jeans every day, whatever it may be, you know? So if you love a skinny jean, rock your freaking skinny jean, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. love it. Yeah. I like, I love, I have different moods. Like sometimes I love to wear a high-waisted jean. Sometimes I want to wear a skinny jean. Like it really depends on like what I'm feeling, you know, like, so I really do believe it's up to like you and, and your, you know, style. But if you want to add in a trend, think more about like the actual like um, fabric or I think more about like an actual print versus like it has to be that exact style. Like maybe you love floral but you don't look good in a maxi dress well then wear a floral top don't feel like you have to wear a right. maxi dress just because everybody's wearing a maxi dress it doesn't look good on you it's not doing anything yeah. for you fashion is supposed to work for you, you don't feel good you know what I mean? yeah like you should feel good it's supposed to work for you not you don't work for it like it's like when you pc people walking the runway like working it because they're working that outfit that outfit's not working them you know <laughs> so you have right. to think of it that way like you're in your own catwalk right whether you're at home or you're out whatever you're doing and i think as moms too like i know myself included we can lose that confidence really easily because there's so much going on and we are wearing so many hats and i don't think we realize how important sometimes clothing is so empowering and how it can uplift you in your mood like there's so much to it that goes into it you have to really embrace what fashion can do for you and not not let it like wear you you need to wear it and create it and be proud like that's for me too we both wear workout clothes all the time like every single day um Kristen's got an amazing wardrobe I don't I just you know buy finally got some better jeans and stuff like that but I finally started like looking on Pinterest and I was like okay I can look like a little more put together and so I got you know like the leather well the whatever spank leggings and I was like okay I'm gonna do this with a blazer and like then I wore these cute new Reeboks that I have because that's just my jam like tennis shoes and you know whatever elevated athleisure right just yeah it was be comfy but elevated it was, and it was yes, so exactly. cute. Yes, exactly. Cozy. Yeah, cozy, chic, athleisure. I mean, especially nowadays, right? Like with everything that's gone on, I think we're going to start to see more and more because of the pandemic. We're going to see more cozy lifestyle. We're going to see more people being conscious about, you know, the fabrics they're wearing and being more comfortable, even if they look cute and not feeling like they have to be constantly constricted by what they're wearing, which again, like to me, it's like, you know, a lot of that fashion no longer serves, especially where we all are right now, you know, us anymore. It's like that constricting fashion, those outfits that maybe were fabulous, but didn't do anything for us. And we're basically wearing us, you know, it's like, that's changing now and shifting because everything else that's shifting. So like embracing, like you love, you just said, you love stuff to wear the, you know, athleisure and you love your Reeboks. Like if that's what you feel good in, then that's going to exude your confidence and people are going to see that. If you're wearing something you don't feel good in, it immediately takes away. Like I tell people when I would dress, dress them for the red carpet all the time and someone would say, oh my God, how do they get best dressed? And, you know, they just keep nailing it and they get best dressed, this, this, this. And I would say, look, yes, of course it's, you know, the right outfit and it's, you know, the right this and the right that. And the way I put it together, sure. But the bigger part was that they felt it and they were really mm. feeling themselves. They could see it and they yep. rocked it. And so people were like, oh my God, look at them exuding all that confidence, all that fabulousness, that energy again, like it's real. People were getting it and they were attracting to it. And they're like, oh my yeah. God, she looks amazing. 
you know? And so that's like a huge part of that, you know? And I think that when you guys were asking me about also like getting into, you know, motherhood and all the things I'm doing now, you know, when I started sharing more of my motherhood journey on my social media and not just fashion, I think I tapped into another world of, you know, women who especially do feel like at times disenfranchised and do feel like, you know, they don't have that confidence and that they can't be vulnerable in what they share and what they do and so not that they ever needed permission but I guess in a way my platform started to give that permission to many moms to know like they can you know do it all and they can be empowered by their fashion and it's okay to you know not feel good sometimes in what you're wearing because I also feel that way and you know I had many moments where I've shared you know, how hard it was for me to go back into the public eye with my body not being where I thought it was going to be. And, you know, all these things that are just real life shit, but like we pretend don't exist. And I think from sharing so much of that in my space, you know, that mom community, I'm so grateful, came around me and has stuck around me. And so, you know, that's kind of how things shifted. And then that's how my podcast was born. So I started really sharing my heavy mm. and raw moments of my postpartum depression, the fact my body didn't bounce back and all these things that moms mm -hmm. deal with on the regular, but like not that many moms are talking about, you know? And so yeah. that's how that all shifted and evolved now, not just motherhood, but like when I share, I just want people to know when they come to my space, like whether you agree with me or not, I am sharing like my real raw truth. I am being authentic yeah. and I'm encouraging and empowering you to do the same. Well, yeah, and it's not that. over like attention. That's the whole thing. You know, people are like, I just don't understand how you can, you know, how you, sh how you could share a lot of the things you share or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm not sharing it for my glory. I'm sharing it for other people to know that there's hope and that they can trust me. They can come to me, you know, once a week, I'll post a super raw post. And it's just because I know that that touches people. And then, you know, today, like I posted just about things that I've overcome this year, or, you know, whatever. And instantly, like people are messaging me like, Oh, my gosh, you give me so much, you know, hope, oh, my gosh, you know, because of you, I've been able to XYZ, like, that's what it's all about. You know, women empowering women like that that's the thing that's how it should be and so many women are not and so many women you know that are influencers and stuff too like they claim to do that but are they really no you know so it's just awesome when you're able to be that authentic and just share you know share that space with other women that either are looking up to you or that are looking just for the hope well, thank you. And I agree with you, you know, and I think obviously we all have gifts, right? Whether we're aware of them or not, and we're all meant to share them. You're not meant to keep your gifts, you know, you're meant to share them. And so when you share, you know, you are of service and people are going to reach out and resonate and feel that and receive that. And that's beautiful. And I've definitely experienced the same. And that's why I continue to share. And, you know, there's days where it's hard. Like I've told my husband, like, I definitely did not sign up for this nor did I think I would be sharing this rawly like there are some days I can't show up for two days because I've been so emotional on there like yeah you know I'm only really human you know um yeah and I think a lot of times people look at me because I am an influencer and it's like oh but you're supposed to touch on all the things and you're supposed to this and this that and it's like look I'm don't put me on a pedestal like I'm like everyone else like I'm just sharing yeah. my journey and sharing all the things I've gone through and it just happens to be a little bit more highlighted you know what for whatever reason you know God put me in that space so you know I think that you know for me I mean look it's hard sometimes because sometimes I put something and I'm like oh is that too raw oh is that you know crossing yeah. a line but 
I have to just go with what's on my heart and what's on my mind. And I feel like someone needs to hear. And that's, you know, that's how I share it. And there have been times where, you know, even my own family isn't happy with things I'm sharing. And I have to yeah. just look and know, like, look, this isn't <laughs> for too. you. you know? it, this isn't for you. This isn't, you know, feel free to not follow me if that's the case. Like, this is not yeah. about mm-hmm. that. This is about me and my journey and helping others and sharing yep. and that community, you know, and I can't help. I mean, like, my postpartum depression, like I didn't plan on sharing that on my social media. I hadn't even told like half my family members that I was going through that. Like I just had been going through so much the therapy and I was doing meditation and journaling and I breath work and so many different, you know, modalities that were helping me through. And, you know, in my um, postpartum specialist session, you know, she said to me, I really want you to journal this out and to let that release be and like release it and start to work through the release now that you're on the other side of this. And for me, I started journaling and then I all of a sudden I started realizing I wanted to write like a blog about it. And then it just became like, I'm just going to write it out on Instagram because like, I just need to get it out. And I remember posting it. And first off, like my following, like literally dropped dramatically. Like my, my agent actually called me and said my account was bleeding uh, because people were unfollowing me like by the droves because it didn't resonate with what I said. And you know, they were like, what did you do? Like, you know, like, like, what is going on? And I was like, I don't know. But like, I just felt like it's not on you to worry about, you know, how they are going to essentially feel that because it's you sharing on your platform. Like they're allowed to hit the unfollow button. They're allowed to move on. You know, it's it's very healthy to do so. I do it all the time. Yeah. What I was going to say is because you talk a lot about trafficking and once I started talking about trafficking, that's when my account started bleeding and I got shadowed and uh, you know, so that, that could be it too. Well, that's a whole nother subject. I mean, every time I share that, I told my husband that I immediately see my numbers go down everything. I mean, that horrifies me and, and, and thank you for you as well for sharing that because there is so much in that space that needs to be shared. But, you know, I think no matter what, when you share an authentic space, when you share things that are maybe uncomfortable most people are not used to being uncomfortable. So if you're getting in their face with it in their, in, you know, when they're looking at you and they're looking at what you're saying and it feels very like attacking them or overwhelming. Like I tell people all the time when they DM me, I'm like, look, if I'm not for you or if I don't align, like hit the unfollow button. Like, like it's, it's not a big deal. Like if you choose because that doesn't work for you, then that's what you choose. Like there will be people who will decide that, I, that I, you know, what I'm sharing aligns. And that goes for me as well yeah. when I choose to follow people, you know? And I think that we become so much in a society with social media where we feel like we have to worry about like every single little thing that's being shared. But we forget that social media was originally created not for ego, not for this, not for that, but was for connection and for community and to have those conversations. Yeah you know the vulnerability and all that and so I always remind people of that when they you know come to me and say things like oh why did you share things so raw or you know I don't agree with that or maybe it's like look I'm not an expert when it comes to like sharing what I'm going through motherhood I'm sharing my own journey like I am new into this I'm only a few years in like I'm just sharing the things I do what works for me sharing what got me through certain things like you know and again like I'm not going to resonate with everyone but not but none of us are for everyone like that's the thing right, like, right. it's supposed to be for everyone is ridiculous because we're not you know is everyone is different everyone has different things they like and don't like and but that's what makes it all beautiful like there's nothing wrong with that you know and so I just think that a lot of times we get lost in the hype of social and forget 
that the authenticity really is there if you choose to share that and you choose to be vulnerable, which I understand not everyone can be, and that's fine. But then, but then don't attack right. others when they choose to be, because the place that most people share from with that authentic message is really, like you said, to help others, to share with others, to connect, you know, and, and to bring that communication. I know for me, like, that's where I found so much of an amazing community around me. Yeah, for sure. That's I have amazing. one quick, yeah, one quick question for you. When you mentioned like, um, you know, the market crashing and how you had to pivot, did you find yourself in a similar situation with the pandemic? I mean, people weren't dressing up. There was no red carpet. Like how, how did you pivot during this, this most recent, you know, whatever we just saw happen? Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, that's a really good, that's a really good question. I know everyone's like, what happened? I know. Um, um, so, you know, to be honest, to be honest, it was pretty intense because everything came to a halt. My partnerships that I had, had, um, you know, booked up for social media for 2021 came crashing down. It was like, Hey, we're going on hold, you know, any styling projects I had went on hold, everything went on hold. So it was very intense. And at first I was in total panic mode. I remember trying to like, jobs left and right and I was trying to like book things and you know just find anything and just take it because I want I was yeah. afraid but then I realized mm-hmm. that I was having a moment where I was really coming from a place of lack and fear and it's a not yeah. a good place to be and um I had to pull myself back and say you know what right now I need to focus on my two girls you know I had just had Arlie during the pandemic you know my my second baby mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my you know, baby girl and my toddler were just learning to have a relationship and we were becoming a family of four, mm-hmm. you know, and I realized like, you know what, it's a blessing that I get to focus it is, yeah. on this and only this, you know, and it took me a yeah. minute. Like, don't get me wrong. I was freaking out. I was spinning out of control. I was trying to find anything of the PR team saying like, book me for anything. I don't care. You know, it was just like, yeah. I was in total panic mode. But when I finally mm-hmm. like pulled myself back and took myself out of it and looked at the situation and was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just embrace this moment to be with my family, learn how to be a mom of two, come into this new role. I'm going to just, because I didn't do that with Amelia, you know, like I ran, I went right from like giving birth to like trying to run back to set. And, you know, a lot of people ask me like, you know, how was it to go through the postpartum depression? And it was like, it was awful, obviously. But when it happened, I didn't realize it for months because I was still on go mode. I was not even processing anything. And I was just going through the motions. And so I think, thank God from going through that. And then being the pandemic, I learned like to pull myself back, to have that self-awareness that I was taught during that time and to say, okay, I'm going to just enjoy the slowness. I'm going, even if it kills me, I'm going to just, you know, focus on my family and tell myself it's okay. And not worry about the other things, the other things will come back or something else will change or whatever will happen. I have to believe that, you know, we, a lot of times forget that the only thing we really have is like to believe, you know? And so I really focused on that. And I had a, honestly, I had to really work on like meditation and prayer and breath work and really do a lot of like self work to be able to stay in that space of awareness and mindfulness mm-hmm. to be able to move forward and say, it's okay. I'm not having an work right now because I didn't feel like it was okay. Um, and it was also obviously scary yeah. being the fact that I wasn't working. Um, and thank God my, husband, yep. you know, even though my husband had job cuts as far as salary, he was still working. So we were able to, yeah. you know, thank God to get by, but at the same time, it was just scary for me overall. And I think that 
when I took a step back and realized that I needed to stop coming from a place of lack and fear and I needed to come from a place of gratitude of having the time to spend with the girls and having the time to be a family of four and all those things, then I started to see slowly new opportunities open up and things changed for me again. And, you know, and then I realized, Hey, my podcast, like I could do more recordings than everyone's home. And yeah. all of a sudden I started getting all these amazing guests and, you know, my podcast yeah. changed being stripped down with Ali Levine, which was, you know, a playoff of obviously stripped the show yeah, yeah. with Ali Levine and rebranding to it being everything, you know, wellness and spiritual well-being and having real and real conversations and not just about motherhood. And, you know, I would have never planned on any of that had the pandemic, you know, not hit and now where my show is and going. And so, you know, I think yeah. a lot of times it's easy, right. To get buried in the darkness. It's easy to say, you know, oh, I'm the victim in this and, you know, what's going to happen and what I mean, you know, what, what am I going to do and how am I going to fix this? But sometimes you have to realize like the external is really kind of just a test of everything going on. It's how you choose to react from within of how things are going to move along because no matter what, like we have all been in this pandemic, like there was nothing to change of that. It didn't matter. And I think once I finally realized that and I finally came to terms with like trying to jump back and realize like no 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 honey <laughs> the brakes are halted nothing's moving it was like oh okay well then what am I going to do and it was like how are you going to show up like you were saying earlier in your, you know the show like how are you going to show up for yourself what are you going to do and for me showing up for myself best time around was the internal work and that was the really yeah. hard work that I didn't want to do um, yeah that's but what it, being busy can keep you from from having to deal with right if you can oh just my god busy. so much so if right it's, if it's if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, right? Because oh, so you, true. You, so true. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you get, get kind so of caught up. Yeah. Yep. And you get forget, you get so caught up and you don't realize like how much is being pushed aside and how much mm-hmm. is like happening. And I became so yep. present, so aware. And I was so grateful that I got to like not only learn how to become a mom with two, I'm still obviously learning, but I got to yeah. adjust. <laughs> healthier Me you know too. way <laughs> I know right now I think you're always learning but I got to adjust oh, in yeah. a much healthier way I didn't go through knock on wood postpartum depression being nine and a half months out now and I believe that's because I did so much internal work because I was so self-aware because I you know really was present to so much and you know had so many different factors this time around didn't have work in my face and you know as things started to slowly change I started realizing hey you know what I haven't worked on my website in a year I haven't done this and I started going through the tasks that have been put aside for so long of these tedious things to like oh hey it's time to work on you know the paperwork of your business you don't want to deal with and all the things that are like yeah. you have to do nobody to wants to do <laughs> so- nobody wants to do exactly but it's like hey I have to do all these things to function and make things happen but I just been putting them off you know so I think I had a lot of growth moments I still do I'm still learning and evolving but I have to say there were there have been a lot of blessings during this time that I really feel like I've had a lot of growth and it's helped me to be able to continue to shift and learn my why bring me back to my why again like my real why and not what I got caught up in yeah and you know be really present and, and just grateful to a lot of the things that I've got going on. And I believe that's what continues then to call in all these amazing things that are in front of me. Yeah. Well, I think and if, if our why could... isn't changing, then we're not growing either. You know, your why is supposed to change. Like all of this is supposed to happen. So 
it's probably a good thing too that you had all of these twists and turns and starting over and you know this is just another one of those things and it's always awesome when that happens because we know like it's his plan right he's like no this isn't a bad thing this is setting you up for the next best thing right I'm trying I'm trying to push you to the next best thing and you're you're basically stopping yourself it's true you know it's like again you know the only one stopping you is you and it's like you have to sometimes get out of your own way I definitely learned that during you know this time and you're right you know it's like when you get back to your why when you align with what's important you find your real purpose the what goes away your why is what sticks and you start to just it just happens and it, it all aligns, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I, I have to say I've learned a lot during this time and I continue to, and I'm grateful for my partnership with my husband. I mean, we've always been, you know, partners, but like, I feel like we're really like a team now. And I don't know if Love that would have you. existed, you know, before everything and, and our growth and the, our, you know, unit with our girls. And there's just been so much that I've learned and I'm so appreciative of, you know, from this. And I plan to continue regardless of how things change, you know, I'm going to continue to remind myself to bring these practices and this, my why back into all those things. So I don't get, you know, caught up like we all have before. Like we all- yeah. 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 For sure. And just, just, so it's just that perspective, right? And just remembering that, I mean, worry is just a lack of faith, which is for someone like me who spends a lot of time worrying, I have to constantly remind myself, like, you're just not trusting God. That's all that you're doing here by worrying and you're not changing anything. Um, yeah. So just kind of keeping that perspective throughout all of this, because I think if, if all of us could look at it, you know, take a step back and actually look at it from a different perspective, we will see the blessing in all of it. Absolutely. Right. There's always somehow, you know, a hidden silver lining, whether it feels yep. like it or not. And also yep. too, like what you were just saying, you know, it's also about the fact that like, you have to realize when you come from that place, you know, an energy wise and your own mind and everything, and you're manifesting from that place of, of fear, that's what you're going to continue to receive, you know? So when you release right. that and you move into higher vibrations and you say, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to be in gratitude, even if I don't feel very grateful, there are days where I have a really hard day and I force myself to write down five things I'm grateful for in that moment, because I know that will immediately shift my mindset and change my day. And then if that doesn't do something, I do a five to 10 minute meditation, or I do a quick breath work. Like I change what I'm doing to shift the entire day. Otherwise my trajectory of that day is gone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yes. Oh, I love all of this. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of the things. And I can't wait to see. Um, I just love watching your Instagram and maybe you're supposed to be styling babies now, right? Coming out with a kid's <laughs> line, a girl it's line. It's so funny you say that. I've been told that several times now. And I'm like, maybe, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fun because the girls are seriously so, so cute. Um, Thank you. But yeah. This is so awesome. And again, thank you just so much for your time. And um, I love hearing, you know, such inspiring stories. Um, Okay, so tell everybody um, the name of the podcast again is Everything with Allie Levine and your Instagram and anything else you want people to know so they can find you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation and I love getting to be a part of any communities where they uplift women and help empower and inspire. Because like I said, 
So we're all meant to do, especially women. Women are changing the world one day at a time, especially moms. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, um, I'm grateful for being here. Thank you for having me. And you can find me at Allie Levine Design on all platforms, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design. No S, just single. And uh, Instagram is my main place where I show up, but I do try to show up in other platforms like Twitter and Facebook and um my TikTok, I'm back on again because you know why not? Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> you got time, right? <laughs> right. Oh my goodness! Like I, you know, just more content, sure. Um, and <laughs> YouTube because I'm crazy. I relaunched recently, so go <laughs> check that out. Okay. Um, awesome. You can find that on you know YouTube.com/slash/AllieDesign. My website is actually in the middle of rebranding, so um, stay tuned to see all the new things, all the things we kind of talk like about. That- all of us isn't it always <laughs> always right under construction. Always. yes under construction <laughs> yeah I'm just adding everything from you know motherhood and lifestyle and you know everything that's going on versus just the styling so I'm excited to release that um soon in uh, April it's coming out and so that'll be soon and yeah if it's resonated with you if anything you know anyone listening if you felt like you inspired or you have any questions or whatever it may be please feel free to dm me um on you know instagram and say hello or message me or you know find a way to contact me in my email i always respond i may take some time but i do get back um and i love to connect with others and help continue to uplift so thank you and i hope to get to connect with anyone listening awesome thank Thank you so much thank you so much yes and i love that your new york accent pops out everyone (laughs) every now (laughs) <laughs> again, it comes out it's like oh it's like, like hey I'm calling you and I'm like oh there it is you know <laughs> when, calling. You were audit, when you were saying audit audit yeah oh yeah that's the other thing too I meant to say that duh with styling uh you can either dm me directly if you want to be styled by me I can also give Kristen and Steph you guys the link um I'm on two different apps also you can book me on uh styled life and Comey app where I do branding and style consultations and all that stuff totally remote and easy um if you do want access to me i'll give you guys those links and i'll give you a discount code for your audience so that they can check it out perfect awesome thank you so much you're welcome all All right right. have the best best night thank you happy monday Monday. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Activate. If you found value or were simply entertained, please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Also, be sure to follow us on Activate Pod on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for your support. Today's the perfect day to activate your life. We love y'all.